Say what? Make some noise. So at the end of the wicker man, yeah. safe to say Detective Howie is dead, right? Okay. Yeah. Well, that's what it looks like, right? Yeah. No. Okay. In 1989, Schaefer wrote a 30-page film script treatment entitled The Loathsome Lampton and Worm, a direct sequel to The Wicker Man for producer Lance Reynolds. It would have been more fantastical in subject matter than the original film and relied more heavily on special effects. In this continuation of the story, which begins immediately after the ending of the first film, Sergeant Neil Howey is rescued from the burning Wicker Man by a group of police officers from the mainland. Howey sets out to bring Lord Summerisle and his pagan followers to justice, but becomes embroiled in a series of challenges which pits the old gods against his own Christian faith. The script culminates in a climactic battle between Howie and the fire-breathing dragon, the titular Lampton Worm, and ends with a suicidal Howie plunging to his death from a cliff while tied to two large eagles. Schaefer's sequel was never produced, but but his treatment, complete with illustrations, was eventually published in a companion book inside The Wicker Man. Hardy was... Inside the Wicker Man, yeah, that's it. <laughs> Hardy was not asked to direct the sequel and never read the script as he did not like the idea of how he's surviving the sacrifice or the fact that the actors would have aged 20 to 30 years between the two films. But that's brought up in this. In May 20, uh, 2010, Hardy discussed a loathsome Lampton Worm. I know Tony did write that, but I don't think anyone particularly liked it or it would have been made. A fan-made full-cast audio drama adaption of Schaefer's The Loathsome Lampton Worm treatment was eventually released in 2020. And I'm going to try and put their link to that podcast up somewhere because okay. that's really good. I, I listened to that one and they did a really, really good job of it. Uh, it was I was at work and it was like listening to a movie. It was really, really good. Okay, so like I said, I was listening to a podcast about this, and I've only listened to it once, so I can only kind of give you a rough idea of what the story was, but basically, Howie is saved at the last minute by a bunch of cops, they get to the mainland, they save him, but they arrest nobody, and Howie then goes back and recuperates, and over months and months, you know, he's recuperating, and he's, but he's disfigured. Okay. And the community and the other police officers and the congregation of the church and all that, they're kind of looking at him in, with disgust because mm. he's a bit disfigured and he's obviously a bit cranky, crankier than what he was. Yeah. Again, and still very, very righteous because God saved him from the pagan ritual, do you know? Um, so. I, but I just, like, I, did they have helicopters? I don't understand how you're getting out with that burn or that wicker. Well, he came in the, they came in the seaplane to start with. So oh, yeah. They just have more seaplanes. But yeah, I would assume they've had, they would have had a You're not getting up there with a ladder like. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That's not really okay. explained either. Well, Again, did this podcast was done off of a treatment. It's not a full script. Oh, okay. You know, this was just the idea. Yeah. But um, so obviously, how we'd be asking questions as to why. Norm was arrested or prosecuted mm. and why he wasn't being left go back with a team of police to do the arresting yeah. but um, he keeps getting told you know you're too close to the case you're off the case you're a victim no you're not a, you're not a, a police cop, officer right? and uh, Scotland Yard are taking care of it okay. but nothing happens and for six months nothing happens and eventually Howie kind of gets frustrated and he kind of tricks this rookie cop into yeah thinking there's actually an investigation on we're going to go over to Summer Isle again and we're going to look mm-hmm. into this. So they um, take one of the planes again, 
the rookie cop obviously doesn't realize he's doing anything wrong until they're up in the air and the, the radio was going crazy and they're being told you know get the <laughs> fuck around. back here now yeah. <laughs> but um so they, they go to summer oil okay and when they get there they find everything is rotten the the, the place is like you know it's like famine on summer oil and all the people who were involved in the ritual have aged by about 20 to 30 years so what it is is because they failed to sacrifice Howie they're being yeah punished for it okay so um they get there and again they're kind of in the middle of some festival I can't remember what the festival was but there was I think corn was involved but um anyway this festival anyway they're kind of there and um you know Howie and the other guy the other cop is um spying on him and eventually obviously they get found out how you the big load mode I'm here to arrest oh, all of you <laughs> and um, he ends up meeting Summer Isle again and they kind of have it out about you know like is this again not proof that my gods are real because look at the damage that's been done by our sacrifice being wrecked and then how he again is oh this is God punishing you for not believing in the real you know yeah. one true God and it comes down to this thing of this test of faith between um Lord Summerisle's faith and Howie's faith and whoever won mm-hmm. if, if Summerisle wins Howie's being sacrificed again if Howie wins Summerisle will go with him and confess to everything to the police okay. so that's the oh, but and the other rookie cop had to be involved as well so that rookie cop is basically basically rookie, rookie cops like when you're watching Star Trek and there's that there's a group of them going down to a new island or new planet yeah. and there's like all the main cast and that one extra and yeah. it's like well the extra ain't coming back oh, <laughs> this cop was like no. for, for, the, for this Poor story like cop. you know it's like I think the first test of fate if I remember right was something like a William Tell kind of scenario oh so the, like there was an the apple arrow. because of some more yeah. the apples there was an apple put in the head and uh, this guy would just swing the fucking axe like crazy and then let go and uh, if he hit the apple you know you were fine yeah. you moved on to the next one and it's like what they were doing at the end of the Wicker Man with the the swords as well you know that they had to go through the the, oh. the start of the sun swords and mm-hmm. get their head cut off so it's, you know it's test of faith the gods will decide okay so uh how he goes or I think somewhere I might go first bang they hit the apple or they don't hit him or, or they don't, doesn't make it or something doesn't reach he misses okay same with how I think he misses and then obviously the, the other cop goes up and bang cop's dead so okay. now it's down to summer oil and how and uh, then they kind of you know, retire for the night kind of thing and that's where I'm saying like this thing kind of breaks down into like how he's in a bad bad drug trip or something <laughs> like that you know like the way that you'd see in movies or you'd hear people talking about bad drug trips yeah. that's what it sounds like he, the guy he's running through the woods he's seeing like girls that aren't there calling him and all this stuff and um you know there's uh, some story of some kind of I think it was some kind of demon that's it there was a demon in the woods that would try and suck him in there it was uh, that he'd been warned about okay. kind of like a succubus kind of scenario yeah. but she'd tempt you into the woods and then take you away like you know okay. and um, then Willow comes up to the barman's daughter yeah. and she's saving him and taking him out of there but then he thinks she's that does he kill her and uh, no no I can't really remember what happens but he, he gets away from her runs away from her gets back to his hotel room all this kind of thing mm. sleeps it off next day they're, they're, they're having their next Test of faith. Okay. But the te- I don't know how it's a test of faith, but this was his battle with the loathsome lambton worm, okay? An actual worm? Like a big worm or So, worm? right, I'll tell you about this because I looked it up. This is a part of um, English mythology. Okay. 
So uh, the Lambton worm is a legend from County Durham in northeast England in the United Kingdom. The story takes place around the river where around the river where around the river where I was like around the river where no it's around the river where <laughs> it is one of the area's most famous pieces of folklore, having been adapted from written and oral tradition to pantomime and song formats. The story revolves around John Lambton, an heir of, an heir of the Lambton Estate, County Durham, um, in ceremonial tine and wear. I don't know what I don't know what any of that crap means. That pantine, this kind of crap that they say in England, but it doesn't matter. Okay. And um, so this is about John Lambton and his battle with a giant worm, a dragon, essentially, that had been terrorizing the local villages. The origin of the worm, the story states that the young John Lambton was a rebellious character who misses to who missed church one Sunday to go fishing. The fucking Oh rabbi. my god. <laughs> so he went fishing in River Ware. In many versions of the story, while walking to the river or setting up the equipment, John receives warning from an old man or a witch, depending on the t- who tells the story, that no good can come from missing church. When is this set? What year? <laughs> is this like? Is this like where they when they didn't know whether they should be like Catholic or Protestants? Oh, I have you know, no like, idea. Because if you miss church once, that stage you were. Yeah. Oh yeah. Goner. Oh, like when Mary the first, uh, bloody Mary, like if 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 you know. If you miss like Catholic Church, you were seen as a Protestant, and you were well, well, <laughs> Protestant now. Call the IRA. <laughs> <laughs> he missed Church. Me cap him. <laughs> John Lambton does not catch anything until the church service finishes. At which point he fishes out a small eel or a lamp lamprey like creature. What's a lamprey? Oh, it's not, like an eel, yeah. Uh, with nine holes on each side of its salamander-like head. Mm-hmm. Depending on the versions of the story, the worm is no bigger than a thumb or about three foot and <laughs> 90 centimeters long. In some renditions, it has legs, while in others, it is said to be more closely resembling to a snake. At this point, the old man returns, although in some versions, it is a different character. John declares that he has catched and caught the devil and decides to dispose of his catch by discarding it down a nearby well. The old man then issues further warning about the nature of the beast. Just listen to the old man, John. Jesus, he was right. <laughs> John then forgets about it. You've got to listen to the old man. I mean, pet cemetery. Mm-hmm. You just, 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 or, what was it? The children of the corn. Just don't go down that road, Always man. listen to just, your elders, goddammit. They know. <laughs> John then forgets about the creature and eventually it grows up. As a penance for his rebelliousness uh, or, or his rebellious earliest years, he joins the Crusades. Because the story is often said to have taken place in the 14th century, that oh, answers your well, question, I'm he likely so. fought in the Barbary Crusade or Lith- Lithuanian Crusade. So eventually, the worm grows extremely large and the well becomes poisonous. Mm. The villagers start to notice livestock going missing and discover that the full-grown worm has emerged from the well and uh, coiled itself around the local hill. See, as soon as I heard livestock going missing, I thought... Aliens. Non-human biological. Have we not been (laughs) over this? Sorry, sorry. Earlier in local versions of the legend associate the hill with Worm Hill in Fatfield. In most versions of the story, the worm is large enough to wrap itself around the hill seven times. It is said that one can still see the marks of the worm on Worm Hill. Mm-hmm. However, in later song, the hill is Pinshaw Hill, on which the Pinshaw <laughs> Mountain now stands. Monument now stands. For the Pinshaw. Yeah. Yeah. I'd like to see that hill if there is like dents in it. That would be pretty cool. 
Uh, the worm terrorizes the nearby village, eating sheep, preventing cows from producing milk, and snatching away small children. Oh. Well, how is it stopping the cows from milk? <laughs> this sounds like the witch. In uh, in then heads t- it then heads towards Lambton Castle, where the Lord John Lambton's aged father manages to sedate the creature in what becomes a daily ritual of offering the worm the milk of nine c- good cows, twenty gallons, or a f- filled true a fill I don't know what filled trough. Was or or a filled trough? Okay, that makes sense. <laughs> a number of brave villagers try to kill the beast but are quickly dispatched when a chunk of uh, is cut off the worm it simply reattaches and the, the missing piece so it's like yeah. um, Terminator 2 yeah it just crawls back over it's not <laughs> even like, like a hydra this thing just reattaches it. imagine if worms did that yeah visiting knights also try to assault the beast but none survive when annoyed, the worm uproots trees by coiling its tails around them, then creates devastation by waving them around. Oh, yeah, then waving around. Basically, starts like waving the tree around like a baseball bat. Sounds like a toddler. Smashes the place up a bit. <laughs> <laughs> bam, bam. <laughs> After seven years, John Lampton returns from the Crusades to find his father's estate almost destitute because of the worm. John decides to fight it, but first seeks the guidance of a wise woman or witch near Durham. So now he's going to go listen to the old person down the road that warned him of how many of years ago it was. The witch hardens John's resolve to kill the beast by explaining his responsibility for the worm. She tells him to cover his armor and uh, his armor and spearheads and fight the worm in the river where. So basically, she's telling him to do what Darby Allen does when he puts the thumbtack jacket on, right? Or with spearheads. <laughs> That's a good idea. Uh, so to go down to the River Ware and fight it, where it now spends its days wrapped around the Great Rock. The witch also tells John that after killing the worm, he must then kill the first living thing he sees, or else his family will be cursed for nine generations and will not die in their beds. Oh, That's yes. pretty fucking harsh. Yeah. Where'd that come out of? Is that like penance? Why though? The worm seems like it's a good. Well, this isn't the worm, this is the witch that says the same Yeah, for killing the worm though. I don't know. John prepares his armor according to the witch's instructions and arranges with his father that when he has killed the worm, he will sound his hunting horn three times. Then he's, on his signal, his father is to release his favorite hound so that it will run to John, who can then kill the dog and thus avoid the curse. That is so he's not going to kill a person, but he's going to kill the poor dog instead. Could have killed like a person. Ah, so. like well, fucking bring a bug with you, crush yeah. it. Don't <laughs> drop down. What's not the bug? People are all going to be to get me after that one <laughs> I'm going to have to edit that out <laughs> I don't condone killing butterflies but if it was a matter of life and death no. John Lampton then fights the worm by the river the worm cr- uh, tries to crush him wrap him on, uh, in its coils but it cuts itself on his sp- spiky armour so the spearheads worked the pieces of the worm fall into the river and are washed away before they can join back up again eventually the worm is dead and John sounds his hunting horn three times unfortunately John's father is so excited that the beast is dead that he forgets to release the hound and rushes out to congratulate ah, his son. Fucking John man. cannot bear to kill his father and so after they meet the hound is released and dutifully dispatched. But it is too late and nine generations of Lamptons are cursed so they shall not die peacefully in their beds. Thus the story ends. That sucks for the Lamptons. Do we have a list of how those nine generations died? 
We do. I nice. do. Ah, oh, I came prepared. <laughs> <laughs> I think I, I don't know how much I have. I only see the first two here. But one second. This curse seems to have been, uh, held true for at least three generations, okay. possibly helping to contribute to the popularity of the story. So I've t- first generation Robert Lampton drowned at Newrig. Second generation Sir William Lampton, a colonel of, uh, of foot, killed at Marston Moor. Third, William Lampton died in the Battle of Wakefield. Ninth, Henry Lampton died in his carriage crossing Lampton Bridge on the 26th of June, 1761. General Lampton, Henry Lampton's brother, is said to have been... to have kept a horse whip. General Lampton, Henry Lampton's, bro- Henry Lampton's brother, is said to have kept a horse whip by his bedside to ward off violent assaults. He died in his bed at an old age. Okay, so his brother broke it. It was nine generations, wasn't it? So yeah, so after the, after Henry Lampton died in the carriage crossing, that was it. So confirmation on four, then all about the other five generations. Yep. That's kind of cool. So that's where that was to come from. Huh. Yep. Cool. Anyway, yeah, hang on. So the story <laughs> after probably was going to beat the little dwarf anyway. Yeah. Pretty much the same way that John did in the story. Okay. And um, when it was all said and done, they were going to meet again, kind of just you know the way the Wicker Man ends, and they're at the top of the cliff, and it's yeah. uh, the big ex. ex- explanation <laughs> of uh, what was to happen next yeah and um, this time it was um, him and Summeride and it was the last test of faith yeah and they have this cliff okay and uh, basically the idea was something about jumping off with two eagles or something like that and if you make it to the end and survive the gods or the eagles basically or the gods or something are gonna help you get down and you survive and Basically, no one ever survives this test of faith. But some royal and him are willing to do it, and they're both going to jump off this cliff. And I, I think, again, the cops just turn up as it's about to happen, but Howie is kind of like almost euphoric in his trust for God and throws himself off the cliff to finish the, 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 the movie or the script as it was going to be. And it was going to be him falling to his death. So he was eventually going to get it. Hmm. But yeah, so that's how that was going to go. But that is as well the reason why in our version of the story, I chose to have Rowan throw herself off the cliff at the end. Okay. When I revealed her to be a witness after the, you know, because I was like, because, oh yeah, that's a point, sorry. A big point as well on that in the sequel mm. when he's in the woods he mm. runs into Rowan and she apologizes to him. or when he first comes to the island Rowan apologizes to him and oh. says that she feels guilty about what she did to him do you okay. know yeah, yeah. so that that's another reason why I had her do that at the end of our story was because it was you know her it was a little nod to what should have been the sequel kind yeah, of thing I and I was like you know Rowan did feel bad we know this because that was supposed to be in the sequel so she felt bad so she's the one that told the documentary crew and then after the documentary crew interviewed her mm. before the police could arrest her mm. she threw herself off the cliff okay but at that point everybody else that had been involved with the wicker man were they were already dead because they were a generation ahead of her do you know yeah i get you so no one ever gets arrested or justice for her but i do kind of point out obviously in our story as well that the police hound somewhere yeah. for the rest of his life and all this but yeah so that was would have been the sequel Sounds like it would have been riveting. <laughs> it would be better than the fucking Wicker Tree, I'll tell you that much. If they replaced Howie with Gandalf, I think it would be a better movie. He would have survived the Eagles. What the fuck does that have to do with the Wicker Tree? <laughs> I don't know, I just think... The Wicker Tree's terrible. Yeah. 
terrible. Graham McTavish was the only good thing in that oh, movie. Oh, I like Graham McTavish. You would not like The Wicker Tree. I'd watch it for Graham. It's a good, you know what? It's a good idea. The story is a good idea. Mm. The actual flow of the story is a kind of like reboot to the Wicker Man kind of thing. It was better than fucking Nicolas Cage's version. But it was so low budget mm. and the actors were so bad that it just takes you completely out of it. But the actual, like, the ending, if they had had the money, Hollywood money behind them, that ending would have been awesome. Really, really good, like. Did they not have Hollywood movie behind them for money from behind them for the for the first for the remake the reboot of uh, yeah but I'm saying if they had it behind this story oh, behind this, this director story. this idea you know? oh yeah 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 because I think it was actually the oh it is the guy that made Wicker Man made made the Wicker Tree I think Robin Hardy I think he's doing that I yeah I think it's too it's too fantastical to to you know as a follow up for for it's basically the same story it's just it's it's the same story. <laughs> that's all it is just to say it's just it's these hardcore Christians uh, from America coming over to uh, Scotland to uh, an island where they are pagans oh you're talking about the Nicolas Cage one no no the Wicker Tree the Wicker Tree oh okay oh the, yeah, the yeah, Nicolas yeah, Cage sorry. one was bad because they took no, religion out I of it do you know the mm, Nicolas yeah. Cage one they took religion out of it yeah the point of the Wicker Man is it's, it's a battle of the gods yeah uh, once you took religion out of it, it was just Nicolas Cage running around. Like, mm. there was one cool scene where he gets in a fight with one of the women inside in the, <laughs> in the bar, and he boots her across the bar. And it is the funniest. It's, it's almost as funny as in um um, um X. Is it X? X. The one with uh, Maya Goth. Yeah, one, where when the old lady shoots the gun, when Tara shoots the gun and goes flying, <laughs> and that, that was hilarious. <laughs> I missed that. 